Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I'd like to welcome you to the June 19th episode of the bull bear banter. Tom Guinan is joining me, and he's going to recap the corn and soybean markets for the week. Tom? Sure, Cheyenne. July corn futures gained one and a half on Friday, ending at 332 and a half, and that is up two and a half from last Friday's close. December corn gained two and a half, ending at 345 and a quarter, and that's up two and a quarter week on week. July soybeans were up three and a half today, closing at 876 and a half, gaining five and a quarter from last Friday. November soybeans closed up four and three quarters at 880 and three quarters, and that was up a penny for the week. So for our big story this week, there's been a lot of stories competing for the big story. We started with Monday afternoon's crop ratings being a little disappointing, but with rain in the forecast for later in the week and through the weekend, we really didn't see much reaction from the market. Throughout the week, there were various stories and rumors of Chinese interest in everything from soybeans and wheat to corn and ethanol. A tweet from the U.S. Secretary of State on Thursday night confirmed there was a meeting in Hawaii between representatives from both the U.S. and China. And while that was enough to turn the overnight trade from negative to positive, it again failed to really ignite the market. Prior to that post on Twitter, markets were slightly lower due to beneficial rain moving across the Midwest. This morning brought reports of anywhere from a quarter of an inch to two plus inches, with more on the way. And there were also reports of straight-line winds in parts of northwest Iowa yesterday late afternoon. All in all, optimism prevailed as we closed a little higher today and for the week. And with that, let's move on to the bull bear factors. Well, Cheyenne, for the bull factors for corn, Monday's crop ratings did show a slip to 71% good to excellent nationally, down from 75%. Iowa and Minnesota showed no changes at 82% and 84% respectively. Illinois dropped three points, and Indiana lost two points. The big change was in Nebraska, dropping from 83% to 71% in one week. Many areas of the country are talking about warmer-than-normal conditions combined with persistent winds drying out the soil and impacting condition scores. We do need to keep in mind that 71% compares to 59% at this time last year. All of the major states just mentioned are 94 to 99% emerged, Nationally, we're 95% emerged versus 74% last year and 92% on average. Crude oil added about 3 to $4 per barrel this week, with July staying just below $40 and still about $2 from closing that gap left at the beginning of March. We continue to hear of ethanol plants increasing grind just a bit, and in some cases reopening. It sounds like for the most part they are covering their costs and perhaps operating slightly in the black. Rumors and stories about Chinese interest in corn and or corn-based products continue. One story earlier this week said that they had purchased several shipments of ethanol, but that data won't be official for a couple of months. There are other stories floating around about 10 to 20 million metric tons of interest in corn. If that becomes true, we'll know a lot more about that quicker, just because the rules are different for reporting crude oil and ethanol sales and allow for a lag between sales, shipments, and reporting. So our bear factors on corn, export numbers for corn were at an eight-week low at 35.8 million bushels, which was just below the range of expectations and down from the previous week of 45.7. And more importantly, this was below the average weekly pace we need to see to hit the USDA projections for the year. 
U.S. corn sales were also below expectations, and those came in at 14.1 million bushels. Not only were they about 12 million less than the previous week, but they were also the lowest we've seen in 23 weeks. However, we're still on pace to hit the USDA's projection, as we only need about 8 million bushels per week. Even though ethanol production increased last week, it was the smallest increase in almost two months. Climbing to 247 million gallons, that was up from 246 million the week before, it's still significantly below this time last year when we saw 318 million gallons. Stocks also declined some, and those were down to 897 million gallons, but the real reason I'm putting this in the bear column is that gasoline demand dropped for the week and continues to run about 20% behind the same time last year. And finally, the real issue this market will eventually need to confront is the extremely large ending stocks projected for next summer. Does this projected rainfall for the next couple of days keep that in line, or does some sort of new demand pull it lower? Time will tell, but for now, it's still a big number. As far as the bull factors for soybeans, U.S. sales for new crop were strong last week, and at 50.8 million bushels, they were just above the range of expectations. Sales of old crop beans were a bit disappointing at 19.8 million bushels, but they do continue to come in well above the number needed to hit the USDA projections. As mentioned earlier, there continue to be stories about Chinese purchases being made, and the recent story about discussions between China and the U.S. are encouraging. The NOPA numbers for May were somewhat of a mixed bag. With a crush of 169.6 million bushels, it was lower than the average expectation of 173.1 million bushels, and also a little lower than April's number of 171.8 million. However, it's still above May of 2019 by 15 million bushels and it also set a record for the month of May by 6 million bushels. So all in all, we're still processing at a record pace, just slightly lower than what was expected. So moving on to our bear factors on soybeans. Nationally, the good to excellent numbers remain the same at 72%. No changes to Iowa at 82% or Minnesota at 84 while Illinois and Indiana both dropped a couple. Nationally, we're 81% emerged versus 49% the same time last year and an average pace of 75%. Iowa is currently at 93% emerged, Minnesota's at 99%, Illinois at 94%, and Indiana's at 85%. Export shipments last week dropped again to 13.8 million bushels. While they were within the expected range, this was the seventh weekly report with a number below what is needed to hit the USDA projections for the year. And finally, sales of U.S. soybeans last week came in at 18.2 million bushels. This was just below the bottom end of expectations and more than 5 million less than the previous week. However, I should mention that it is running ahead of the weekly pace we need to see to hit the USDA projection for the year. In our What to Watch for and Upcoming Events segment, June 30th will bring a couple of important USDA reports. We'll see an update on acreage numbers as well as the quarterly stocks report. Our next major holiday, July 4th, is only two weeks away. The following week, on July 10th, is the next WASD report from the USDA. And now for Tom's take. Last week, I spent some time discussing ending stocks for 2020-21 and how I've tried to envision a pile of corn that equals something more than 3.3 billion bushels. The next largest carryover estimate during the past 30 years was just a few years ago in 2016-17, when we finished with a bit less than 2.3 billion bushels. So, in effect, we'll be creating an extra billion bushels of ending stocks in the coming year. 
This week, I thought it might be a good idea to explore how the USDA got to that large number. Starting with the production side of the equation, with 97 million acres estimated by the USDA in March, while it isn't a record, but if it's accurate, it would be the second largest. They have 89.6 million plugged in as harvested acres, as well as a yield of 178.5 bushels per acre. Both of those would be records, as well as total production of 15.995 billion bushels. When you combine that with the expected carryover from the current crop year, it's currently expected to be just over 18 billion bushels of total supply, which would also be a record, also by an extra billion bushels as both 2016-17 and 2017-18 had a total supply just under 17 billion. Now on the demand side, none of the individual categories would become a record on their own, but the total of all of them would be, both domestically and in total. U.S. feed usage, as projected, would be just over 6 billion bushels and slightly behind the record years of 2004-05 and 2005-06. The food industrial seed category is projected to be just the fifth largest, primarily due to continued issues for ethanol production, at least to start the year. Exports are expected to climb next year, but will only be the fourth largest in the past 15 years. It's when I add up all of these categories that I realize just how aggressive the total usage number is. At 14.8 billion bushels, it just beats out a couple of previous years, 2016-17 and 17-18. However, they are projecting an extra billion more than the current year. Another item that really jumps off the page to me is when you compare ending stocks to usage. Currently estimated at 22.45% of use, you'd have to go back to 1992-93 to find a larger number. This is the one that really concerns me. What if production is somewhat better than expected? What if usage is somewhat less than expected? We will know more about that acreage number on June 30th, but the demand side will be somewhat in flux for a while, especially as we wrap up this crop year at the end of August. I have been expressing my concern about the current price of corn for a while now, and I continue to believe that it will erode as we get closer to harvest this year. The above information makes me even more confident of that. Even though prices don't look great right now, they might be the best we'll see for quite some time. I continue to say that June is the time to finalize old crop sales. And if you haven't already done so, now is a good time to also get some new crop sales on the books. And while I'm at it, look at pricing some corn for harvest of 2021, as the December futures for that year are nearly 30 cents higher than they are for this year. Thanks for listening. I think that's all we have today. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or drop an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back again next week. <music>